stomaching, and then, you know, instead of giving yourself real time to have a nice good bowel movement, you break into three shorter bowel movements <laughs> <laughs> spread throughout the week. Well, I, I, I think that that was supposed to be testing and not supposed to be the actual intro of the show, but that, I, good. that was, too, was too good air. It's got to be the one. But I, but I wouldn't compare our show to bowel movements. I you mean, said a good one, though. Oh, a good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do talk about dirty things from time to time, but beyond that. Everything is on topic, and it's in the literature or the show. That is what happens. I promise that there's a real reason for that and that uh, allegory, that comparison. <laughs> let's this Let's please not let the minutes dwindle by without explaining that. <laughs> this is Game of Owns, everybody. It's a podcast from... The Game of Thrones, a.k.a. Song of Ice and Fire universe that you guys might listen to with your ears. I am, uh, I'm Zach. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. Selena is gone today, and uh, that's sad. She's our other host. If you guys are listening for the first time, she's from Sweden. She is a girl, and she's absent. Right, she boys? likes apple juice and chopping wood. She loves Apparently. apple juice. Until her axe breaks. <laughs> she hates it when the handle's missing. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ever seen the, um, Zach, you're like a film aficionado. Have you ever seen The Lady Vanishes? I have not. It's like that. Selena's gone this week. Okay. Yeah. So we're sad that Selena's gone this week, but um, the three of us are here to tell you guys about something that's new, that's shiny, and that needs no polish. It needs not polish. Although if it did need polish, it would have the uh, pine-scented um, you know, furniture polish that you get at like a Menards or something. <laughs> Menards? <laughs> No, no new car scent you have something against that uh no pine pine is all the way new cars are great but new cars don't need polish so here on game of owns we decided to mix things up a little bit i don't remember the exact dates because i haven't counted it today but we've been doing the show for a while now yeah what was it 21 episodes i'm looking at the uh the podcast history right here right and it says for some reason the um icon won't show up on my itunes which is stupid because when i sync it to my phone the icon is there with the hand grabbing the sword right um that's also a microphone but yeah according to this our first episode series is coming aired um march 27th of this year so we've been doing the show uh about seven months now it's been a while and of all that we've been talking about the books for at least three or four months now so Basically, what we're trying to say here is we're changing up the format of the show a little bit. Exactly. Now, what you guys have come to know from our show is um, basically breaks, hiatuses excluded. We're a normal long form podcast. Sometimes we have an hour episode. Sometimes it's 55 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. But that's what you've come to know from this show. What we've decided to do from this point on in the future is in order to give you guys more episodes rather than just to give you a once weekly episode, we're now cutting the show into easier, more time manageable segments. I don't really want to say segment because segment is kind of a misleading term, but basically it's going to be a thrice weekly podcast rather than once weekly. So we're going to be coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, or Friday rather than just one day of the week. We are the right. Reese's Pieces of Game of Thrones podcasting. Yeah, we right. have the, the we're bite size. We have the three colors of autumn leaves, just yes. like Reese's Pieces. Yes. Except Selena's like she's like our dancing like Skittle. Like we're, we're Reese's Pieces, and she's the Skittle. And Skittle starts with the same letter as Sweden, so it makes sense. There you yes. go. I I thought it was all because we basically came to the the consensus that 
that Robert had to go on a diet. So, in, so, so basically this is like Robert going on a diet instead of, instead of getting everything all at once and sitting down for an hour and a half and gorging himself, you're getting three meals essentially throughout the course of the week. Or we just wanted as many shows as he has bastards. And so we decided <laughs> we had to split them all up. Perfect. Well, if you guys, uh, if you guys saw on Twitter recently, we made, uh, uh, some tweets and we made a show last week that you guys might have liked. And we had uh, an owned of the week sent over from Go- uh, Gordy Walsh. So again, thanks to Gordy for, for sending this in, but this is an own. Walder Frey <laughs> made many offspring with his belly squirts, said Zach on the last episode. Then <laughs> Gordy, as in me, says, Gah! Filch, Mrs. Norris, sex scenes, I can't get clean. <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. We make a point on this show counting how many exclamation points. I think this email or this message has nine of them. It's it's important to note that most of his tweet was in caps, too, as well. We're actually going to talk about Walder Frey in this episode, or I, I had a point to make. Um, actually, no, not about him. Um, but I, I had a point to make about being uncomfortable and <laughs> children. So <laughs> there is that. Uh, Zumi1991 on Twitter said that her own of the week was that we actually had a podcast this week. Ouch. Uh, it made her life. And she said, no, not really, but I really missed you. So there's that. Oh. So she, she, she yelled at us for lack of podcasts and then insulted us by saying she missed us, but then not really. Our listeners have odd lines of logic. They're like a constant memento movie. It's just, it just keeps going. <laughs> this other own of the week that we got from at the left underscore lane, or just Miss Lane, if you know her on a on a personal basis. She's very active on our forums and tweets. Yes, she and is. Stuff. She's, she said, Micah and Zach's simultaneous, quote, when was the last time you changed your face, quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's an abundance of changing faces. Like, when was the last time you changed your face? <laughs> and my undercover spoiler shit jokes. Well, we love to have undercover wait, wait, shit no, no, jokes. Can I ask a question about that? You may. Is she, is she referring to spoilerish jokes about actual fecal matter or is she saying my my spoiler jokes are in fact shit weigh in on twitter folks this week weigh in tweet and let us know what you think the listener the left underscore lane is referring to because i actually i actually did get a tweet from somebody i'm looking it up right now which is completely opposite of what uh she just said it is from matthew potter and he, and he sent it in to Selena and myself, and he said, you guys did a great job holding back spoilers in this episode of Goo. I, I hate how that, but it's become a contest, really, to see how many times Zach and I can bring up things that have, like, solid answers in the books later, and you and my and Selena and Micah can remain completely silent about it. Right. I get tweets about that, too, and they're like, oh my god, everybody did a great job not spoiling Zach and Eric, because they haven't read. Because I think our listeners know by this point, that, you know, Micah, you've read and Selena has read, um, right. you know, all of the books and that it's got to be tough podcasting with us. But hats off to you guys because yeah. you do it and you do it with a policy of not spoiling our faces off. Yeah, right. And and I think that's, you know, there there are occasional jokes here and there about alluding to certain things that that happen later on in the books. And, you know, I think the only people that really will will get them or understand them are people who have read the books. For people who haven't read the books, they're not going to understand what I'm talking about. I won't throw Selena in there because I don't think she she ever really kind of alludes to any spoilers. But 
you know, it, it is difficult at times talking, uh, not talking and not saying anything. If you're talking about a character or something that happens that could possibly foreshadow later on in the series, uh, certain events, it, it is difficult, but you know, we generally we do a spoiler free show as in, unless it's already happened in the series or in the book. So mm-hmm. I'm trying my best. I think you guys have done pretty well, honestly. And we, you know, it's, it's part, it's part of the dichotomy of the show. Like you two have read the two of us haven't, and that's what we are. So thank right. you guys for listening and enjoying. Today on the podcast, we are looking at chapter 34, if you're reading the book chronologically along with us. A 34. Yeah, this is the chapter that was so massive that when we were recording our last book-based uh, episode, we said, wait a minute, we can't possibly go on to this chapter. We have to split it and do it later. And this is the chapter, of course, where Catelyn and Tyrion and her group of misfits who have survived the Mountains of the Moon um, finally arrive at the Eyrie. So Catelyn and her merry men are just, just getting escorted. And I don't really um, like this guy's name because it sounds so much like Chris O'Donnell from the uh, Batman <laughs> movies that weren't that good. I really like George Clooney, but Chris O'Donnell. I like Chris guys. O'Donnell. Chris, I like Chris O'Donnell. I like Robin in those two films better yeah, than I like. Who's better? Robin is Chris O'Donnell or Robin is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. As you, can't, you can't compare the two. You can't. You can't do that. So uh, Donald Wainwood is taking them to the bloody gate. And uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the book, honestly, this whole <laughs> this whole entire chapter. Not necessarily just the bloody gate, but I love that finally, finally. And it's sad that Selena's not here for this moment. A beautiful budding friendship. I, I wanted to say bromance, but it's played out. It's a beautiful friendship that just buds. And we finally get to see Bronn and Tyrion becoming close friends. <laughs> And it's cool because you know it's a be- it's really against Bronn's better judgment to like and and trust Tyrion. It's it's against everybody's better judgment to like and trust Tyrion at first. You know their initial reactions like I shouldn't like this guy. He's a Lannister and Lannisters are crap. But Tyrion is so different from them that I think he proves in you know if you have enough close association with him that he's worth liking. There you know he's he's different and he's special and he's awesome. Right. And, and I think it's the audience has the same kind of reaction. You don't necessarily want to like him in the beginning, but you turn around and all of a sudden he's become your favorite character. You can't and, help it. Yeah, no, you can't help it. Uh, but I think, and I know Zach agrees, this is one of those chapters where you're just so impressed by Martin and the way that he's able to detail and describe everything about the Eerie. It's, it's just one of those... Yeah those chapters really that stands out in the entire series because the sort of the mind, like you'd love to see this thing. And I, and I think they did a, a fairly decent job uh, in the show, but you don't get the, the actual journey in the show mm-hmm. that takes place in this chapter. It's a and travesty. Honestly. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I was just blown away by, by the level of detail that he has. And, you know, it's almost like you'd, you'd like to see how does he envision this like drawn out or, on screen somewhere because it would just be really impressive to look at. No, it's true. I was, uh, you know, I, I think we mentioned this on one of the earlier shows and a lot of you guys that are listening probably remember, but uh, like truly without a doubt, I'm, I'm not personally like mesmerized when authors can write well, because that's what they do. They write well. So I'm, I'm less impressed with like, Oh, Martin, you did this, this, and this, and this, but, um, it doesn't matter because this is one of those scenes that no matter what kind of preconceived notions you have about, writing or or art or a book this is one of those scenes that's just like it's so good it has to be you have to you have to give it props 
yeah, quite quite a lot happens because we're not only getting a lot of uh, backstory. Characters are meeting each other for the first time in a long while, um, but also you're getting introduced to this place and this scenery that has this great history, which is something that I'm sure Tolkien did very well, and something that Martin is doing very well at sort of describing how the Eyrie is laid out. You know, with their three different um, uh, parts to it. It's you like know, tiered. It's tiered, and from the show. You know, I just remember that one, it was all too brief. It was extremely brief, you know, like an establishing shot where they're yeah. just looking, they're looking up at it and it's yeah. this, this tremendous, and it, it just looks like it's suspended, you know, by magic or whatever, because it, it's just like, it, it's this tower. This it's like towering, a Super Smash Brothers map, dude. <laughs> it, it's, it's a Super Smash Brothers map. It totally is. <laughs> and it, and it's Catalan's first time there, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you're kind of experiencing it with her, you know, just... There, there's a couple of times I think, right, where there, where these sort of vast intakes of breath as she's taking in everything that's around her, and uh, you know, Eric, you mentioned the fact that we're introduced to people who haven't seen each other in a long time. She sees and greets her uncle for the first time in a long time, and he was actually cut out of of the story altogether, I believe, in the TV show, but he's been cast for season three, if I'm not mistaken. I think he has. I'm not exactly sure. Or Back maybe course, I'm, listeners. I'm, I'm, I might be thinking of uh, her father and her brother that have been cast. So I could I could be wrong there, but you know he's he. Th- there's this great conversation that takes place between the two of them where he's he, you know he's saying, "Look, Cat, what the hell are you doing, bringing a Lannister to visit your sister when your sister basically fled King's Landing to get away from the Lannisters because she holds them responsible for what happened to John Arryn." I know that we sound really forlorn. And it sort of breaks character for the three of us. But honestly, guys, if you haven't read this and you're just listening to the show and maybe you're not reading along with us, because I know not every single person is, definitely at least pick up a book next time you're in a bookstore or walking past one or something and just read it. Just read this part. Just this because, chapter. Yeah, because the uh, the context that you, that you get from this is just it's just really, really beautiful. I mean, when we meet Brendan Tully, um, we get to learn about the Blackfish which are a, sort of a division within the Tully family. And I think it's really neat what they've done with that. I just think that that's cool. And um, a lot of it's awesome. And like Eric was saying, it's a, it's a tiered kingdom. And I can honestly say, without a doubt, for me personally, this is the absolute coolest place so far that I've read about or that I know about from Westeros or anywhere around the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, it's one of those places you couldn't wait to see when they were, you know, when you knew that the show was going to be going to be released. So, but there, there is a lot that takes place. It's not just the climb up these mountains to, to get to the area at the very top. You know, you do get backstory, Eric, you mentioned that you learn more about the Tully's more about the relationship between Brendan and, and Catalan's father and how, you know, Brendan has always been sort of this resource for the Tully family and that her and her brother and even Baelish went to him, uh, you know, in times of need and that, Brendan, you know, got the name Blackfish and, and uses that sigil really from going off and, and agreeing to kind of protect Lysa Aaron, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and basically telling Hoster Tully, go screw yourself. I don't <laughs> really yes. have any yeah. desire to, to, to hang around with you anymore. And we also learn about Robert, too. So we know that Robert Aaron doesn't like his dolls to be taken away. <laughs> where, do we be- where do we even begin? Well, I guess we begin with that, with Robert Aaron. I think the absolute scale of this place is magnificent because... I literally, they're making the the trip, right? They're 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 traveling to this place, and they actually. And when I was reading this, it just sort of blew me away for a moment because they get to a point, 
And I I had thought when I was reading that they were there. You know what I mean? I thought mm-hmm. that they were there, but they're like, no, we need to rest for the night before we take you up to the castle because it's going <laughs> to take that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about driving through uh, like the Hoover Dam and it's just like, there's no way this could ever be captured. Like they could never, an attack on the Erie would not work ever. You no, know what I mean? no. There's a certain part where you you can't go by foot. You have to go by mule. And then after you're done going by mule, there's a winch that takes you up. You have like, to have a certain breed of animal to, to capture this place. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hope those that breed of animal is like indigenous to that area. Because if you have to go to the other side of Westeros to get some goats to right. go take you up the mountain to the Erie, I wonder, I question how they ever found and settled I want that place. nothing more than to ride a questionable goat on a questionable mountain trail. <laughs> Like that's something that I want to experience. Maya Stone made that snow, uh, made that goat her bitch. She did, and that's what's so great about part of this uh, chapter. Because when you're reading it, uh, not only is just the the vastness of what you're seeing just delectable, and it tastes really good in your mouth, but what Maya is doing with this animal and the way the feet are falling, like I'm telling you guys, you just got to read it. It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. It may be yep. difficult for them to find this though. Zach, you said, just go to a bookstore and, and open up this chapter, but because none of the chapters are numbered, right? Um, right. It's <laughs> tough. This is honestly though. And, and I know every single edition of game of Thrones out there is, is typeset differently and published with a different page count. It's a real bitch. If you ask me, but <laughs> this is this is at just about the halfway mark, and it's a it's a Catelyn centric uh, chapter. So try your luck with that, everybody. I have a question for you, Micah and sure. Eric. Good. Now, from what we know, and we're just going to assume that everyone's watched season two that's listening. Um, from what we know about the end of season two, and we know that winners is essentially and eventually coming. I felt like when I was reading this that this place would be the last bastion of humanity. Like this is where we're going to make our final stand. You know what I mean? Like let's do it here because the, the White Walkers. They do walk, and they are white, but I think they would even have trouble on the mountain trail. They don't climb, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like, like um, Helm's Deep or whatever. You you know, it's supposed to be completely defensible, um, you know, from from a massive attack. And this place is so remote and so completely not you know untouchable from, you know, from the ground that you really have to wonder, but. Then again, a, dra- a dragon uh, that's would, what I would say. Yeah, a dragon yeah. would take all of two seconds to fly up and melt this place. Damn it! You just ruined my whole. And the other thing I would say: <laughs> if, if winter is coming, you better stock up if you live that far above uh, the ground, because true. supplies aren't going to get to you that easily. But the Erie's pretty southward, right? Oh, uh, it's still they're at such an elevation, yeah, where yeah. where the the, the like temperature Hogsmeade. up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's perpetually winter there, even in the middle of the July of in Florida. It's still snowy. <laughs> but I will say, if they ever do get the urge to um, relieve themselves of all the suffering, they can just jump out that that massive door in, in the in the bottom of the floor. We've got some context on stone, snow, and sort of learn more about the bastard names. If that's sort of an unclassy way yeah. to describe it, and I we, like that. That was really cool. That is pretty cool. Especially Catalan's reaction because she's, she seems really warm to this girl right from the start. Like they've just met each other and then all of a sudden she hears Stone and that makes her think about Jon Snow and, and how there's that bastard relationship between the two of them. Even though obviously her and Catalan get along extremely well, you know, they have spent a lot of time together going up the side of the mountain. But right. I, I, I think that the fact that she had that initial reaction you know, to, to look down on this girl after, you know, having that initial 
oh, she seems like a great girl. I'm really warming up to her. And then, oh, your last name is Stone. It, it, it's almost it, it's almost this bias that she carries with her. It's stupid. It's prejudice is all it is, honestly. Yep. I do find it interesting that all of the bastards in the realm, as it were, are branded with that name, you know, or with, with one of those names. Yeah, um, it's really interesting, actually. That was actually really interesting practice to have realized in the book. So that everybody knows um, that you're a bastard if your name is Stone or Snow or what was the other one? Flowers for Flowers. Highgard. Flowers, yeah. It was like because those are the three cha- the towers of the Eerie or Stone, yeah, yeah, Stone, yeah, Snow, yeah. and Sky. But Flowers, right? So Catelyn gets to the point and she thinks that they're all resting for the night and they're like, no, your sister wants to see you immediately. So they enlist Maya, who's the best person at climbing. And yes, they have a they have a good time. They're getting close to one another, and we we're learning more and more about Maya. And this is all from the perspective of Catelyn which is how the chapter is written. So yes, she was liking her and then she started to dislike her. And then um, through the text, we can sort of gather and get allusion to the fact that Maya is probably, probably the bastard daughter of Robert, the King, when he was hanging out there as a young lad. And for me, that sort of was a a mind blowing moment. Yeah. He's, he's, (laughs) he's got kids and, Every in high places, every part of the realm. <laughs> <laughs> high places, high low places. places. Exactly. <laughs> where are the whisk? No, that's where the, where the goats chase the snow. I I got nothing, but no. Yeah. That was that was excellent. Thank you. You know, it's. I think it's it's safe to assume that if you don't, with any definitive conviction, know that a child uh, doesn't belong to Robert Baratheon, that you should just assume that it's his. Exactly. That's sort of what I did. <laughs> it's so sad because she's talking to Maya and Maya's talking about this this guy that she really likes. And inside of her head, Kat's like, there's no way you could ever marry this highborn. You're a <sighs> bastard. And I still, I like, I think Maya's attractive. Like she's an attractively described person and she's supposedly really intelligent and talented. So it just paints a lot of the context of Westeros that really, it, at the same time, it doesn't even really matter. Like, not everyone's going to pull a Rob and and just jump out of lines like they should, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. I like, I like the, you know, how really Lysa is punishing Catelyn for, for coming in the first place. She's making her go up, you know, it, it, the the mountainside at night when it's probably extremely dangerous. We, you That's know, there's right. a couple of instances that we run into. But it's very clear that, you know, even Brendan brings it up earlier. Um, when he's talking to her and he says, you know, you're not going to find your sister the same way that you left her. You know, she's been hardened by everything that that's happened. And, and that's just one example. The fact that, you know, this is your own flesh and blood. You're making climb up the side of the mountain in the middle of the night. It's the most dangerous time to go. And it's, it's basically her saying, well, thanks for bringing a Lannister into my home. Yeah. So she's taken up in a basket and when they meet the sis, it's cool and chill when other people are there. So then Vardis leaves, Maester Coleman leaves, and then she starts tearing in to Catelyn and just starts basically yelling at her because she brought a Lannister to her house. And that's not nice. You shouldn't do that. No, definitely Guys, this, not. This is crazy. Like we were talking about Catelyn and how she has her biases against bastards and all that stuff. But Liza is insane. Once, once, it be, once it was very known what she was doing and the kind of way that she was raising her son... Because we do meet the young prince or the young, you know, future ruler of the Erie, Robert. Um, and it's just, he's, he's, he's a mess. 
He's a, he's an almighty mess. He is not fit to lead anything. Do you think that part of her psychosis is due to the fact that she's producing milk this late in her life? But yeah, possibly. <laughs> it, it is certainly possible. I mean, I mean, I think part of part of the, what makes the son so ill-equipped uh, to 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 defend himself is that he is still being mothered in that way. He's like, I'm hungry, and she's like, Well, come here, come on. But I think she's scared. I, I, I legitimately think, yeah, she she's a little bit off her rocker. She's touched, as they say in the in the Potter series from time to time. But <laughs> there's there's a legitimate um, fear in her for her son because it's mentioned that she's had a number of miscarriages and the fact that she's lost her husband. I mean, even if it wasn't a a really sort of romantic relationship between the two of them. Uh, or even grew into something like that, she's still very much afraid because she's lost the, the, the one person who was you know, responsible for protecting her and her son. And so I think that that's why she's kept Robert so close to her and is not you know, willing to leave uh, the Erie to send anybody they mentioned uh, to the tournament that took place and possibly why in the future she refuses to, to help at all. You know, she's secluded and she wants to stay that way. Well, John Aaron was such a badass. And so when Kat meets Robert for the first time, she's seeing this six-year-old that's still nursing and holding a doll. And it's just like, to her, that's mesmerizing because this guy was awesome. Like, he was the dude who basically made Ned and Robert such badasses. Yeah, and, you know, when a kid has the kind of destiny that uh, Robert clearly has, um, you give him a sword. You don't give him a doll, no matter what. You know, like... It's just he's he's completely incapable of defending himself. And that is, you know, Liza in all of her protection, uh, you know, wanting to keep him close has completely destroyed any chance this kid has of ever really growing into his own um, because she's 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 um, smothering him. Uh, She she puts the mother in smother. (laughs) So um, so the, the, the last words of this child's father was. The seed is strong. Um, now that we have context on the person officially, who is not doesn't really look like he's six in the show. For me, I felt like he was a little older in the show, but I, I could be wrong. You know what I mean? He looked a little older, but whatever. How, how comfortable would you have to be, though? I mean, this is a complete aside. Okay, but if, but if you have a if you have a, a young child, right, and 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 maybe it was prosthetic. I don't really know. It didn't look like it. Your your kid is trying out for this part in Game of Thrones, and you're told it, it well in advance, I'm sure. Well, part of the kid's job is going to be he's going to suck on like a 40 year old woman's titty for most of the time that he's going to be, you know, on screen. Right. That's it's a little awkward. I I, I, yeah. I would be interested to uh, like be on a fl- uh, be a fly on the wall during that conversation. Or it was. Or when- it was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's just how do you get child actors to do the kind of things that are required of child actors in scenes like this? I'm sure it was like somebody's nephew, like somebody on set was just like, yeah. I have a nephew who can do this. Or maybe that, that's well, right, uh, that'd be even more awkward if it was her own child, I think. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, it's it's probably uh, it's probably safe to assume that it was either prosthetic or it was just one of those like we do this for art moments. Just the same as like Broadway <laughs> yeah. actors like getting like, naked like, on stage. Like the shadow badge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do this for art. Okay? For art. That was for art. Yeah. So he wants to see the Batman fly, which is uh, a, basically a famous quote from the TV show. And finally, we got to see that in, in the book. And now the chapter's over. So that was it's weird because we're past it. And um, it was beautiful, much like this episode has been beautiful. And I would mm-hmm. have to say 
because I want to move right on to the own section because I, I have to get this out of the way, guys. But I'm going to have to give my own of the episode to most definitely Maya's goat for just being a strong, <laughs> just a strong, generous soul navigating the treacherous mountainside in of the dark. fabled keep in the dark, in the dark. Her goat has night vision. He's a night vision goat. Um, and he's just a beautiful creature. So I'm going to give his own to his existence. So there we go. I like that. Hmm. Uh, my own of the week uh, is good. Or sorry, this episode, I should say, goes to, uh, to Tyrion. And uh, it's when uh, Lord Nestor is talking uh, about uh, taking care of him for the evening. And he says, and I charge you to bring the prisoner a cup of wine and a nicely crisp capon before he <laughs> dies of hunger. Lannister said, a girl would be pleasant as well, but I suppose that's too much to ask of you. <laughs> He's always talking to himself in the, about himself in the third person in front He's of like him. He's like the rock. Yeah. <laughs> the rock. Listen here. The rock says this, you jabroni. I need some wine. I need uh, some seasoned lamprey pie. And bring me a lass, would you? Um, my own precedes that. It's uh, But it is Tyrion. It's Tyrion and Bronn, actually. And it's Bronn who... Um, it holds the own here where essentially they've just arrived from, you know, fighting the, the mountains of the moon, the pass and Bronn asks Tyrion, they're sort of recovering on a rock. He says, your first battle and Tyrion nodded. My father will be so proud. He said, um, his legs were cramping so badly. He could scarcely stand. Then Bronn says, you need a woman now. <laughs> he says, nothing like a woman after a man's been bloody. Take my word. So Love I it. think that that's that, that quote solidified their friendship. I think solidified the, uh, the, uh, the fact that, Bronn is now looking after Tyrion. If there's a part from this chapter, from this slice of this, or maybe even this episode, or maybe it's even something that we've tweeted, quite possibly the fact that Selena has no voice any longer and is sadly missing today. She uh, sold her soul to like a sea witch or something. It was really weird. Yeah, no, she sold to rock and roll is what she did, Eric. <laughs> that's, how, that's why it's gone. Uh, you know where to do that. You can shoot it to us on Twitter, um, which is just obviously... At Game of Owns. Although, if you do have a longer format of contact for us, you can always email us at our email address, contact at gameofowns.com. It's sort of sad that she's not here because we don't get to have one of the the epic and fabled uh, hypable plugs. But I think that we will gladly take up those reins and tell you to visit that website because even if she can't speak, she can type and will be doing so on hypable.com. H Y P A B L E dot com. That was really good. You guys, they should they should pay you for that, actually. I think oh, oh, believe me, my... my check's in the mail right oh, now. Okay, well, good. I, <laughs> uh, hey, I think that's only fair. Um, now, Micah, I, I do want to let you know that there are thousands of people right now waiting with bated breath to hear what you're about to say. Are you ready for that kind of pressure? I'm ready. And, of course, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. This is uh, shouldn't be... Well, if we do have a couple of new listeners, we should explain this a little bit. Uh, you know that that you know, each week uh, we do ask that that you go out there and and give us your feedback through iTunes. But it's really important that nothing less than five stars be given. And and usually what happens is is I give you a little incentive to 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 rate us uh, five stars. Uh, so, uh, but for those of you who've listened to us for weeks and months at this point, this is this is nothing new to you. <laughs> but however, this week, uh, you know, in in if you choose not to give us five stars, this is what is going to happen to you. In in celebration uh, of of Mister uh, Baumgartner, right? He just he just skydived uh, yesterday, Space safely dived. back, yeah, from one hundred twenty eight thousand feet, um, breaking the sound barrier. 
I believe, right? With his, yes. body. with his body. <laughs> with, with his body. With his body. Human form. Uh, yes. Yeah, and, and tying that into the eerie, right? So if you do not give us five stars, you will have to skydive from the top of the eerie with Maud on your back. <laughs> and you have to use whatever is the equivalent of skydiving equipment back in the days of Westeros. Oh my god, so they're going to be tandem skydiving with Maud. He's your parachute, essentially, so good luck. Guys, if you have to use another person as a flotation device in the sky, I would suggest you not do that. And just adhere to Micah's requests, please. You know, they've been a little bit... I I felt like maybe in in the last couple of episodes, they've been a little bit dirty. Suggestive. Suggestive. So I thought, you know what, we'll we'll take it in a different direction this time. But don't worry, for those of you who who really want something inappropriate, uh, if you tune in uh, to episode 25, 26, or 27, see, this is the thing. You never know what episode it's going to be on now. So you're going to have to... uh, And if you would like a personalized threat. Just tweet at MJT Bomb and he'll take yeah. <laughs> Nine out of 11 listeners found this following review helpful by Zach Louie. It's called Mm-hmm. <laughs> the five-star review is, I saw that one of the hosts is really, really cute. Like, put the Kingslayer to shame cute. And that voice... Oh, girl. <laughs> oh, Selena? Is that who, who they're, they're talking about? Yeah, that, that's who they're talking about. You guys heard it here on Game of Bones. It is a now thrice weekly podcast for your ear holes, and we can't wait to see you guys in a two days. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Mike Attenham. Keep the owns coming. Bye.